This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson, live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Um, with a, with an episode that I guess we thought we might do eventually, but certainly not in 2022, uh, and certainly not at the conclusion of this season. Um, tough news all around now. It's not been confirmed, but we do want to get into Mike Leach and honor his life and legacy today. Uh, but first, before we kind of get into that, let's just clear the table, uh, and, and open the air for the rest of this episode, Kyle. Yeah. First off, um, want to just, people might be listening to this at different times. So we're recording at about eight thirty PM on Monday night and, as of right now, the last update from Mississippi State football uh, is that Mike Leach remains in critical condition at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. Uh, his family is with him. They appreciate uh, the love and support and requested privacy. They said at this release, uh, which came out this morning, uh, that was kind of all they had available regarding his condition and that they will make no further comment at this time and to keep an eye out for future updates. So people might have seen, you know, other reports. Um, certainly there are unfortunately like trolls on Twitter trying to um, capitalize on the situation, I guess. Right. Uh, but we're, I think you and I are kind of just waiting for something from Mississippi state and uh, we'll assume that his condition is unchanged until we hear otherwise from them. Uh, before we, before we get too far down into remembering and talking about Mike Leach, um, you know our sponsors. Just a quick out, uh, shout out here at the top of the show. Uh, Rohino Barbecue, Stay Trigged, uh, Diversified Lenders, Cardinal Sports Center, of course, and uh, BHW Law Firm, I guess, now that we're not doing the people's post games. We will get into those, though. Uh, so big shout out to our sponsors. Um and it's, I guess this news broke Sunday evening. 
um, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. I'm driving home from Dallas. Um, went and saw the Cowboys win against the Texans. And it just kind of is unbelievable. We've heard about some health issues in the past month. He talked about pneumonia at the, the Egg Bowl press conference. Um, but it just kind of all comes to a head quickly on Saturday, and you don't really even have time to prepare for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just it sounds like the nature of his uh, condition was was pretty sudden, and uh, he's he's you know fairly young. I mean, he, he's an active guy, obviously, still coaching at a at a really high level. I think people maybe forget how young he was when his time concluded at Texas Tech. He was still in his forties, I guess, and so he's only sixty one. Uh, but yeah, it definitely felt like. Um, it went from pneumonia and like he's still active and coaching just a few short weeks ago um, on Thanksgiving in the egg bowl to his current condition. And it's hard to, hard to kind of prepare for anything that moves that quickly um, of this nature. You know, I, I didn't necessarily get emotional about the Mike Leach news. I, I, I mean, it's kind of like a celebrity death, you know, and Mike Leach obviously has not passed away at this moment, but even hearing somebody in critical care or whatever else, you kind of just have the memories that you made while enjoying what they did. Um, so I just remember going to Texas Tech games with my dad. Um, just kind of an interesting uh, culmination of a weekend of getting to go to my first Cowboys game with my dad. I've never been to one with him. And then kind of remembering all the times we had when I was in junior high or whatever else, going to these Texas Tech games during the Mike Leach era um, through high school. And it's just kind of a – it catches up to you, you know, because my dad is 61-ish. Mike Leach is 61-ish. And it, it just – sometimes sports get so fictional where it doesn't seem real and – it, these are real human beings out there playing and coaching and you just kind of talk about them in a way that it's fictional sometimes, but this is a real life human being, Mike Leach, that meant a lot to Lubbock and meant a lot to Texas Tech and still means a lot to Lubbock and still means to a lot of, a lot to a lot of people here in Lubbock. Well, I think Leach especially so fits that description because of – not only his personality, but his teams at Texas Tech. Like he was not an ordinary football coach, no, by any standard. Like there's the whole pirate stuff, the comeback wins, the innovative style of play that just added to like what you're talking about that sort of celebrity component where you forget this is a real person with you know a family just like everybody else. Um, and you know people because of how his time ended at Texas tech and um, things that have transpired since then, it was 13 years ago now, almost to the week, you know, people have different um, thoughts on leech and different memories of him, but all that is, is ultimately football related. Like that was related to him being the coach here, the university's decision to not employ him anymore. And all of that right now is, not only secondary, but far and away secondary to um, 
the relationships people had with Mike Leach and the memories he provided the fans, his players, his assistants. And so, you know, maybe someday there'll be a time to discuss all the other stuff, but I think you and I for the next hour, however long we want to reminisce on Mike Leach will be strictly positive, strictly, you know, about the, the good memories that he imparted on so many during his career as a football coach. When we've had the privilege to talk to several ex-players and every time we talk to somebody about Mike Leach, um, uh, the, just the humanizing nature of getting to hear some of the behind the scenes and what he was like and some of the locker room stuff and some of the personable locker room talk or on the field or anything else that you just get to experience being Mike Leach's player. Um, it, it just – everyone seems to have such a unique perspective on Mike Leach, and I think that's another thing that he does. He is so different for everyone because you hear stories and you've heard a lot of stories today on Twitter or otherwise – uh, on radio shows and everyone talking about it. And it's like, um, you know, I, I didn't know Mike Leach, but I met him once and we talked for an hour. And it's like, that's just who Mike mm-hmm. Leach was. Did you see the story? My favorite story today was there was a, a gentleman driving through tech campus and stopped and saw Mike Leach walking to the facility and said, Hey, do you want to ride? It was probably a three, four minute drive away from where they were. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to jog. So he gets in the car the gentleman drops Mike Leach off at the facility and they sit there and talk for an hour about how it's much better to raise your kids in an apartment complex because there's yeah. a tennis court and a pool and all this stuff uh, growing up or whatever else. He had, he had kids in an apartment complex or something. And then years later, the reporter who tweeted this, I should have grabbed his name, was saying that he interviewed Mike Leach. And Mike Leach told him the same exact story. And he said, yeah, you told my dad that 20 years ago or whatever. And it was just kind of a funny Mike Leach is what he is and always was Mike Leach. And no matter if you met him in 1999 or 2009 or 2019, you were going to get Mike Leach and some of those Mike Leachisms. Yeah. And I was thinking about his impact for like the different generations of Texas Tech fans because – um, you and I are pretty close in age, and so you might have a similar thought on this as I do. But I very, very, very vaguely re- remember the Spike Dykes era. And, in fact, all I remember really was being confused, um, being born and raised in Austin. When I heard Ricky Williams, I envisioned the Texas Longhorns Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. And But I'm watching a game between Texas and Texas Tech. I must be five or six years old. Yeah. And they're talking about Ricky Williams and they keep showing Texas Tech. And I was like, well, you know, what is this? <laughs> like, he doesn't play for Texas Tech. Um, and he's as I got that, older. He's not that small. Do what? He's not that small. Yeah. Ricky Williams. <laughs> as I got older and kind of yeah. like looked into some of the history of Texas Tech, I, of course, discovered who Ricky Williams, our Ricky Williams was. Um, and so that, that would have been the tail end of the Spike Dykes era. And I, you know, wasn't old enough to know who the head coach's name was at that time. So my very earliest memories of watching Texas Tech was when Cliff Kingsbury was quarterback. And by then it was Mike Leach, it was Air Raid. And there's this kind of phenomenon when you're a kid and when you're like eight years old, 12 years old, and the world is a certain way 
you sort of assume it's been that way for a long time. And so it's, it's hard, even though he's been gone for 13 years from Texas tech, uh, because I was coming of age when he was here to me, that's like still the identity that's associated with the program. Oh yeah. And even though I know there was a history before that and it's been, you know, multiple coaches, multiple years now since he left, uh, there's, there's something that sticks with you about the way things are when you're a kid, like the music that was popular, the people who were famous. And in this instance, as a, as a diehard football fan, like Mike Leach is the head coach of Texas tech. Um, I also know there are fans a little bit younger than us that um, didn't get to college in time. Like Leach was already gone. And so they, maybe they remember it from when they were teenagers or younger and like they've heard their older siblings or their parents talk about how good it was when Mike Leach was here. Mm. And so they've always been wanting a Texas tech program to live up to kind of the stories that they've heard about Mike Leach. And then there's also an older generation of fan. Um, I know several that were here in the eighties when things were pretty bad, you know, like the decade we just went through on the field, pretty comparable to how bad it was in the eighties. And so to them, they were kind of like, I think they appreciated Leach in a way when they were, a little bit older as fans, you know, in the thirties, forties thinking like, man, this guy is great. I wish we had been this good when I was in college. And so I feel like I'm sort of in the middle of that spectrum of fan, but I think people of different ages sort of appreciate him in different ways based on kind of how old they were when Mike Leach was here. Yeah. And at what level of fan you are? Cause if, especially if you just know Texas tech and you asked nationally, if you pulled, a thousand people what they knew about texas tech it would either be patrick mahomes or mike leach yeah i, I mean still 13 I mean, years later i still think people associate texas tech and the double t with oh mike leach used to coach there yeah i've got two thoughts on that exact point and appreciate you bringing it up but like my dad is not um he's not a sports fan at all to the same level you and i are like if i asked him to name three current college quarterbacks he might be able to give you Quinn Ewers because he still lives in Austin he might be able to give you Caleb Williams who just won the Heisman mm. I don't know if he could get a third and he might not get those two now like he'll watch a game with me and he knows the rules like he knows the schools and everything um, but he's not he's not like you and me right in terms of fanhood but like even years after Leach left, I remember him asking me one time, he goes, Hey, is that, is that guy who's kind of a little bit crazy, like always going for it on fourth down? Is he still at Texas tech? And so like he knew Mike Leach, mm-hmm. he didn't know his name, but like if he saw a picture of him, he'd be like, Oh yeah, that's that one coach. That's Vince Gill. Uh, and, he, and he knew his identity. And so, yeah, his, his impact um, on, on the diehards like you and I and, and students at Texas tech is one thing, but like you're talking about somebody just walking down the street, their only connection to Texas Tech uh, that they might be able to make is with Mike Leach. And I, I've read this a lot over the last 24 hours. Th- th- there's a name for it. I think it's called like the Gonzaga effect or something. But when Gonzaga first got really good at basketball in the late 90s, early 2000s, they saw a huge spike in the number of applications that their university received from high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a small school. And so they tried to, you know, keep the student population small. But when they started making runs in the NCAA tournament, suddenly a bunch of kids wanted to go to Gonzaga. And I know for a fact there are people that have a Texas Tech class ring, a diploma from Texas Tech that would not have become Red Raiders had they not seen a Mike Leach football team uh, during their more formative years, I guess. And so – that is a that's a part that is really kind of hard to overstate because 
during the period that Leach was here, there was this huge push to go from about 20,000 students to about 40,000 students. And I think a big part of why they were able to do that was because the football team was successful. And then you think about the trickle down, like how many people met their spouse at Texas Tech? How many kids will grow up Red Raider fans because their parents met at Texas Tech? And it's not a stretch to say that like tens of thousands of people, if not more, um, don the double T in some form or fashion today and consider themselves Red Raiders Yeah, um, in part because of Mike Leach's football teams here. Well, and even on a more uh, micro level, that's macro for sure. But even looking into it, it's, uh, you know, how many coaches' lives were affected, how many players were affected. Um, the coaching tree for Mike Leach is insane. Um, yeah. From top to bottom, there's so many head coaches that coached under Mike Leach, not only at Texas Tech, but at Washington State and now at Mississippi State. He was really good at identifying talent. And I think that was something that was always um, just undervalued for Mike Leach. He had a real eye for choosing staff members and always – seem to enjoy them being elevated and going off and enjoying success. And Dana Holgerson, um, Art Bryles obviously was hired out of the high school ranks to Texas tech. And Seth Luttrell was, was a, was a leech guy. Uh, Sonny Dykes was on the leech staff after he spent some time elsewhere. Yeah. And a lot on, of- on there. And a lot of former players as well. Um, I think yeah. Graham Cliff, Harrell, Graham, Eric Morris, yep, uh, Joel Falani, Lincoln Riley, Darcel McBath, Eric Ward um, is in the high school ranks coaching still. Well, he was laughing. Yeah, and but some of them coached directly with him. Yeah, you know, as a grad assistant or whatever at at one of his various stops. Um, and I th- I hope that that's something that Texas Tech fans, again, regardless of your feelings on his separation from the university in 2009. I hope this is something that Texas tech fans in hindsight can appreciate a little bit is that even if it wasn't necessarily on the best terms, um, different fan bases, different regions of the country had an opportunity to experience and appreciate Mike Leach because he no longer worked here. And like he was a big deal in Texas. He was a big deal in the big 12, but then he goes to a whole other corner of the country and is in Pullman, Washington for a while. And you know, I'm sure opposing Pac-12 fan bases have their own memories of Leech games from when he was at Wazoo and their own Leech stories. Now he's in the SEC doing it at Mississippi State. Has, has only been there a few years. Um, but, but that was something that was um, pretty cool to see last night when different people on Twitter were kind of pouring in with their thoughts and prayers for him was that it was coming from all corners of college football. You know, yes, it was former coaches and former players, but even people totally unaffiliated, like North Carolina State fans and I'm trying to think of others, some Kansas State fans, just people who got to watch him and his teams at various stops and had an appreciation for who he is and was. Uh, it, it speaks to how far-reaching his yeah. his impact was on the game of college football and its fans. When you also have real effect, uh, Big Twelve 
And then you have, obviously, Nebraska going to the Big Ten. Nebraska, I saw a bunch of Nebraska people tweeting about Mike Leach today. And then you have, obviously, the Pac-12 run with Washington State. The whole Pac-12 has been involved with Mike Leach for almost a decade after he left Texas Tech. And then uh, the SEC. And so, really, nationally, I think people who are only like fans now of Texas Tech have a, a – a kind of a grasp that the Texas Tech brand is national, but it's kind of a basketball school or a baseball school. Texas Tech never competed on the national stage in football under Mike Leach. There was the one year where they truly were 11 and one and nearly got in the big 12 championship. If it wasn't kind of the weird South rules and you know, you're a game away from a national championship. That's true com- competition, but that was the first year you really broke through. Even though you weren't doing that and just winning eight or nine games, Texas Tech football was national news. They were a national brand in the 2000s. And you had real legitimate stars at Texas Tech and after that lit up the world from Texas Tech. And that hasn't happened a whole lot since. Uh, But even... Patrick Mahomes and Jakeem Grant and the the stars you've had lead since Mike Leach, that was all laid by a foundation made by Mike Leach. Yeah, and I think there's also something to be said in terms of like the national profile, even though, yes, you were not winning conference championships or like competing for BCS Bowls or anything like that. Um, pretty early in his tenure – I guess year three, you know, they not only beat Clemson in the Tangerine Bowl, but stomped them. And that was Clemson in between their 1980s national title and, and today's Clemson, but still a big brand. You know, that, that had, to, had to feel like a big deal to the fan base at that time. Um, just a couple of years later, they beat a number four ranked Cal team that I don't think – Back then, the fans knew who Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch were like we do today. Like, those are two NFL Hall of Famers. And again, you like absolutely put it on them. The 2005 season, I think, was really special in its own way. Even though you lost in the Cotton Bowl to Alabama, you played Alabama, Nebraska, A&M, Texas, Oklahoma. And to kind of think where the sport is headed with conference realignment and everything, those are five brands that – you know, you might not get to play five brands that big in a span of five years. Yeah. And you played them all in one season and held your own really well against them too. I mean, Texas won a national title that year. They beat you pretty good, if I recall correctly. You beat OU on the last play of the game. You beat Nebraska late in the game in Lincoln. Lose on a last-second field goal to Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I don't remember if they beat A&M that year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but then, you know, you keep going 2006. This isn't a big national profile game, but you win the largest bowl game comeback victory in the history of the sport. Yeah. And then you go to 2008 and you host college game day. You win at the last second versus number one ranked Texas. And, you know, really all the way up till 2009. 2009 is kind of the forgotten season because of how it ended with him. And I know he didn't coach in the Alamo Bowl, but you beat a ranked Michigan State team. Um, you know, 
you lose to Houston early in that season, which was disappointing. I know, but they still ended up winning nine games with an Alamo Bowl title, which is you know something fans have been begging for ever since. And so it really just felt like there was no down period under Leach. You know, every single team made a bowl game. Every single team had a winning record. And even though you never quite reached um, a pinnacle of a conference championship or a BCS bowl win or something like that, there were still kind of historic, notable games and seasons oh, yeah. across that decade that fans I know will appreciate for a long time to come. When you were setting personal records, individual records, Cliff came out of nowhere and threw for 5,000 yards and then BJ threw for 5,000 yards and then Sonny Cumbie had a big year and then Cody Hodges had a big year and then Graham Harrells had a big year. Um, I, I want to go through the coaching tree real quick. We, we briefly mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but I, I pulled this is on the Mississippi State website. These are head coaches, current head coaches that either played with or coached with Mike Leach on his staff. Dave Aranda, grad assistant under Leach from 2000 to 2002. Neil Brown played wide receiver under Mike Leach in 1998 at Kentucky. Sonny Cumbie, well-versed, played, coached, um, sideline reported, all of that under Leach. Sonny Dykes. Coach wide receivers and later was the co-offensive coordinator under Leach from 2000 to 2006. Josh Heupel played quarterback for Mike Leach in 1999 at Oklahoma. Daniel Holgerson uh, coached alongside as assistants at Valdosta State from 93 to 95. And then coached under Leach was the offensive coordinator from 2000 to 2007. Cliff played for him. Seth Luttrell coached under him and played quarterback under Leach in 1999, was the backup, uh, was a running backs coach from 05 to 08. Lincoln Riley, well-known, was a student assistant, grad assistant from 2003 all the way through 2009. Ken Wilson, the linebackers coach uh, at Washington State, took over Nevada this year. And then you have Robert Anae, the Syracuse offensive coordinator, and I uh, was an offensive line coach before Biedenbaugh. Biedenbaugh, offensive line coach, played for Leach in 1991 when Leach was the Iowa Wesleyan uh, offensive coordinator and then coached offensive line for Valdosta State when Leach was an assistant with him and then served as running backs coach and offensive line coach for Leach from 2000 to 2006. Uh, Alex Grinch was headhunted by Mike Leach to take over the Washington State defense. Brandon Jones, offensive line coach Houston, played for Texas Tech. Eric Morris, Washington State offensive coordinator, future Texas State head coach. Have they decided that? Um, and then Wes Welker. Wes Welker, a coach for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they did not get all of them. Mike Smith. Ooh. Vikings? Outside linebackers coach, Mike Smith? Not currently, I don't think. If so, I totally missed that. He may not be back. Well, he was at Green Bay, and then I think he was at Minnesota for a year or two. I think he had stints with the Jets and the Chiefs as well. Yeah. Anyways, NFL coach Mike Smith, and I'm sure there are a lot more of guys who've come through. Uh, the high school ranks are full of guys that played for Mike Leach. Uh, you mentioned Falani as well, who might have been right after probably played for the tail end too. I, 
it runs together, man. The 08 through 12 seasons with, with Leach and the, the moving on, but just an incredible legacy and something that's underrated. What kind of offense did you run in Austin? Uh, what high school did you go to? I went to Westwood High School, and before I answer that, there's also going to be some guy 10 years from now who we found out was is the current equipment manager or analyst or grad assistant at Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. He's going to be in the same conversation with all those guys you're talking about. He's going to be like a position coach or coordinator at a Power 5, NFL, whatever. Zach Arnett, uh, the, the guy that just took over for as interim, He's been widely regarded as a guy that could go on and make some noise. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, I mean, I, I started playing football for the school in seventh grade, and I never took a snap under center. You know, it was it was shotgun from day one. Yeah. And and that was 2005, just for, just for perspective. And I want people to remember when Leach first got here, we were under center. Like the shotgun – I'm not saying Leach invented the shotgun, but the whole no, – every but- snap – the whole every snap being shotgun wide splits thing came a little bit later in his tenure. And by 2005, middle schoolers were running, you know, shotgun, uh, quick game. I'm sure we ran a lot of the same exact screen plays that they did. The tunnel. I wasn't old enough at that point no. to be breaking down Texas Tech film. Uh, but, yeah, when, when B.J. Simmons tweeted today that his fingerprints are on every college football game, uh, college professional, uh, down to Pop Warner, uh, guys are – players are are running yes. offenses that have leech concepts in them. It, it is not an overstatement nor an understatement to say Mike Leach and Texas Tech dominated high school football from 2003 to now because every school you see were running the air raid and the schools that were wing T for 20 years and then got some hot new young coach that came in and tried to start running the, the air raid. And you have a guy who's handed off since seventh grade and is a senior and is trying to throw the ball for the first time in his career that dominated the landscape dominated. Yeah. And then you finally had, uh, you know, the athletes that started to figure it out and, all of the professional quarterbacks now that are coming out of Texas and uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, um, Drew Drew Brees was before that. What am I trying to get at? Abilene. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. All these guys yeah. that came through a little bit after that who kind of grew up in that era, they're all air raid core from high school to college to beyond. And the I, pro I game's finally remember. catching up. I wish I could remember what year this happened, but I, I was young and I was watching either highlights or, or a tech game with my my youth baseball coach at the time. He was a big sports fan. He was also my basketball coach. Um, he liked football. And, and I guess tech was having a bad game or, or lost on this highlight reel. And he said almost verbatim, you know, this is a long time ago, but something to the effect of, you know, everyone's figuring out this Mike Leach offense and like he's done. He's toast now. The Big 12 has figured it out. It's a gimmick. And it was definitely before Harrell. So it was before, you know, the best season Mike Leach has ever had, which was 2008. Uh, Certainly well before he orchestrated quite the turnaround at Washington State. So it was funny. It's funny to look back and think how early people counted him out. And there was a time when his quarterbacks were 
you know, they're system guys. They're not going to make it at the next level. They don't deserve Heisman consideration. And now one of his protégés has coached like three of the last five Heisman Trophy winners <laughs> uh, running not the same offense, but certainly using concepts and principles. And guys like Case Keenum even are cashing checks on Sunday. And, you know, so it, it's it's funny to think that people thought he was toast in like, let's call it 2004 and that everybody had figured it out in year five or something. And that, you know, the, the gimmick was over and instead fast forwarding 15, 16 years from then, you know, he's got his proteges that are extremely high level coaches at all levels of football and quarterbacks running those systems are now getting respect at the highest level in the college game and are, welcome on NFL rosters and making an impact in the NFL on Sundays. Uh, one note from Big Hen in the stream says, the hats in the stream are fire. Just quick, if you're just listening to this, I had my run the damn ball hat on when I came in. And I said, you know what? We're going to be talking about Mike Leach. I'm going to take this hat off. I'm going to move it away. If I had an Atmo hat, I would have put the Atmo hat on. And maybe that's the next one we make. Um, air that mother out. That was big time during the the air raid era, of the two thousands, the late two thousands, the early two thousands, whatever it was. But uh, you have the classic master rider. I have a Texas Tech hockey hat on. So do I. I did make a note of your hat when you joined, and I hadn't said anything about it. Yeah, somebody actually at lunch today. This is off topic. Asked me. They thought this was like a an actual vintage hat. They thought I must have gotten it like online or at a garage sale or something i was like no it's like it's a new hat they just use the old logo but um anyway there were a lot of you know on twitter the last 24 hours a lot of you know this is my favorite michael Leach story or this is my experience with him do you have one or two of those you want to run through that you know haven't gone viral on twitter that everyone's already seen you know most of what people shared was from his time at Washington state from his time at Mississippi state. Um, so much of Mike Leach got killed in those early years at Texas tech because social media wasn't around. I mean, that's why he was a national guy. They were playing Mike Leach press clippings on, you know, sports center in 2003, like, Nobody else was getting those college coaches from nobody knows getting that stuff. But um, I, I don't know. I, I always quote the not a effing one in in the Baylor game, the locker room speech afterwards. After a win. After a win, talking about basically guys were eating the cheese and – those guys aren't here anymore. You didn't. You didn't go eleven and one. Those guys did. Uh, even though there's some returners on the team, but uh, that's a great one. That has been used to great effect on Twitter several times. Um. Beyond that, the fat little girlfriends was an epic rant. Uh, he he never really got to his full potential at Texas Tech in press conferences because. I don't think people really leaned into the you can ask him anything and he will answer a bit because there was no social media. When he was at Texas Tech, even even in the later end, it's like they're they're doing their jobs. Uh, you can't just post a little video on on Twitter and go viral. 
Um, I don't think Don Williams would have asked him about marriage advice anyways, generally. Yeah, I don't remember how we got on this topic a few weeks ago before any of this was on the radar, but I mentioned that video of him giving dating advice to a college student. Yes, uh, and, K- uh, at the Kegel Steak or whatever. Yeah, and so, of course, this weekend that clip resurfaced. And I had forgotten the funniest part about that, which is like the last 10 seconds uh, when he's saying that you want to go to like some really – hipster coffee shop so that if if the conversation is stale and you're not sure like what to say next you can just people watch and remark about i think he talks about people with like a lot of piercings or tattoos or something and uh, he finishes it by saying you know if that all goes well you can you can trade internet schemes or emails with each other of which i know nothing about and then the clip just like abruptly ends (laughs) and so he probably went for 20 more minutes and they just had to cut him off (laughs) So I don't know when that video was, and you know, let's say 2003, 2004. Um, you know, I don't know how prevalent. Like, I don't know if each college student had a laptop back then. I'm, I'm sure there were PCs and everything, but he's probably talking about like AOL Instant Messenger or college students exchanging email addresses or, or whatever. But just the way he said that that you, that you can exchange internet schemes of which I know nothing about. <laughs> is, I mean. And like he wasn't trying to be funny. He's just answering the question. Calling um, it an internet scheme, I think, proves that he knew nothing about it at the time. Right. That to me, that video is like quintessential Leech at his best. What I think of when people are like, Oh yeah, Leech is so quirky, he'll say the darndest things like that clip is what I will always think of. Did you follow Mike Leach on Twitter? I don't think so. No, I mean, I I would see his his like especially bizarre tweets get retweeted and stuff. But yeah, his Twitter feed is one of the most underrated aspects of Mike Leach. He would just retweet like a story about a zoo. No context, just neat story. Here's a story about a the. The San Juanito Zoo and how monkeys are throwing footballs. It's like, what? What does that even do? It's amazing. Uh, And he also would retweet, like, jokes from comedians and stuff. Do you know who Stephen Wright is? Stephen Wright's a really dry comedian who just did one-liners. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's be like, uh, uh, there's another person. Right, that's him. There's another person in the elevator today. Um, I was just staring in front to the wall, and I looked over and said, your granddad teach you this too? <laughs> Anyways, Stephen Wright says, uh, he just retweets Stephen Wright. Everywhere is a walking distance if you have the time. Stephen Wright. It's like, that's so Mike Leach. Like, that is the cla- – like, no doubt Mike Leach loved listening to Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg and all those guys. Mitch Hedberg has the, the best one-liners – Nate yeah. says so yeah but it, just it, it's funny to, it's funny to think about leach's personality in that respect in contrast with his first quarterback at texas tech cliff kingsbury who is probably yes. the antithesis of mike leach in terms of like style public image because they're both obviously x's and o's savants of the game but i imagine cliff like waking up at 4 30 going to lift weights, 
watching film and doing nothing but hanging out at the Cardinals practice facility or the Texas Tech practice facility. Yeah. Like no social life, nothing. But with Leach, I'm like, how are you this X's and O's savant if you're reading news articles about the zoo yeah. and scrolling Twitter to see what, you know, what Stephen Wright quote you can pass on today? One of his last retweets was an octopus punching a fish in the face. And like, the, the tag says, it's Uberfax. Octopuses will punch fish for no reason. That's Mike Leach's Twitter feed. You just scroll I through. Mean, it's like comedians, uh, art of war quotes, uh, yeah. octopus. And then the the rules, the nine rules for Coyote and Roadrunner. It's like, what, what an eclectic person he was. You could, uh, you could talk to him about history, pop culture, dating advice, marriage advice, food advice. He had it all. He knew it all. And if he didn't know it all, he would just still say something funny. And that's what's funny about the – so I never met Mike Leach. Um, he was not at Texas Tech when I got there, and I've, I've not ever you know, met him since. But the people who have stories about meeting him, whether it was on campus or in Key West or whatever, none of them have a story about football. Like they never say, man, Mike Leach was so cool. He talked to me about the win against Clemson or Texas, or he told me about this exchange he had with Gerald Myers or anything like that. It's always like – yeah, no, he just started talking to me about politics, business, history. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me that like college and NFL coaches, he's one of the best, let's call it 60 guys in the world at what he does. Yet he is clearly on Twitter reading news articles about an octopus punching a fish or – Stephen Wright or a zoo story or whatever. It's like, how are you this good at what you do? Like seemingly without trying is I guess what I'm getting at is cliff like dead. The public appearance is that cliff dedicates his entire life to it. And that's why he's so good at it with Leach. It's just like, like he was born with it somehow. It's just inherent to him. And he just rolls out of bed and checks Twitter, see something funny and then goes to work and is great at it. it. Makes no sense. Mike Leach graduated from Pepperdine Law. This is the the comment that made me think of it was the fact that Leach never played football and was a Pepperdine Law grad who up and decided to coach football division one no less. So he went to BYU, right? And then he he got he like won tickets to BYU season tickets. He like won BYU season tickets at the 40 yard line. And falls in love with football, the offensive philosophy goes to Pepperdine Law. I don't think he ever took the bar. And he asked his wife, hey, would you rather me be happy or come home with a lot of money and be miserable? And she said, we'll be happy. And so he went off and basically did both. He got to be happy doing something he learned to love. And then eventually, after I think his first job said he paid $3,000 a week. Uh, and then you move on. A year. I think. A year. Sorry. Yeah. The week would have been really nice. Uh, $3,000 a year to be like an intern somewhere. Um, and then he parlays that into being one of the most popular and well-paid coaches in all of college football. One of my favorite stories about Leach is actually before he ever got to Texas Tech. I think it was the year before. Um, in the He's the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And in the Red River shootout – I'm, I'm sure he got this from Art of War, which you you referenced. He 
um, is well read in, in Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Loved it. But he leaves a fake playbook or like a fake game script on the Texas sideline. And some intern or GA at Texas probably thinks he just struck gold. And he's like, hey, I know exactly what six plays they're going to run coming yeah, out of the gate here. here and it is. I bet you anything – as soon as they went in from warmups to the locker room, the entire Texas defensive staff is scrambling like, okay, here's what they're going to run. Play one, play two if they – you know, play three if they do this. And like showing them the formation, uh, you know, don't bite on the play action. Da, da, da. And Leach in his brilliance schemes up basically the exact opposite. And so let's say that um, play number one is like a reverse to the wide receiver. So Texas thinks, okay, the reverse is coming. We have everybody going the way of the reverse. And what Leach actually calls is a fake reverse. And so, you know, they gash him. And then the next play is like a, a slant route, you know, a one-read slant route where they're going to throw the slant every time. So the corner's going to jump the slant route, and then Leach calls a sluggo, and, and they torch him. I'm just making those up. But the first drive of the game, they just march right down the field. And, and Texas, I'm sure their heads are spinning like, what is happening? Because they think they've got them dead to rights on this drive script. And stories like that, like, is it cheating? No. Is it a little bit shady? Maybe. But Hello. also, like, is it kind of shady for Texas if they do discover the other team's game script yeah. to try to scheme against it? For sure. Yeah. And so, you know, that there's some give and take there. But that leech story is just like, okay, this is magnificent. Like, there's no other coach that is thinking this way and doing this. Two pretty good stories have been uh, commented here. First, this is from Big Hen. My mom used to feed a bunch of tech players at our house once a month from like 2005 to 2012. She always made a brisket with all the sides. One day we met Mike Leach and my mom explained who she was. And he just says, yeah, I've heard about your brisket. Where the hell is my invite? <laughs> Oh. Another one uh, from Chef. Uh, I think it was Lincoln Riley that told a story one time of Coach Leach answering a phone call, talking to someone for an hour, losing connection, calling them back and talking for another 30 minutes. Then when asked who it was, Leach said it was a wrong number. <laughs> I think that's the perfect encapsulation of Mike Leach and who he was uh, talking to a wrong number for an hour and a half and having to call them back to do it. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say there will not ever be another coach like Mike Leach in college football just because of how innovative, how quirky and unique he was. Um, and, and again, I don't want to talk too much about like the departure and – the battle between Leach and Texas Tech officials since then. But, but I've talked to you about this on this podcast that, you know, some of his comments rubbed me the wrong way, made me not so much a fan of him after he left Texas Tech. But at the same time, I've also told you on this podcast, the the game last year offered kind of, to me, like a sense of closure. Yes. And for him to coach against one of his former quarterbacks, yeah. you know, that they ran the system together at Texas Tech that – kind of gave Leach and Texas Tech this identity um, to me was kind of cool. And before that Liberty Bowl game, I was I, – I didn't want to play them. And, and I think I said as much on here, just like I don't want to rehash this all again 12 years later and hear about, you know, Leach was done wrong here or the school was done wrong there. And, like, I don't want to talk about Adam James and all this stuff. 
Um, and, and there was a lot of that banter before the game, but um, and sure, as a Texas Tech fan, it helps that, that Tech won the game. But to me, a new page was turned after that game. And while we certainly wouldn't ever wish him to be in this condition, I, I hope that if there are any other fans that maybe didn't get closure or still rubbed the wrong way from from the departure or things since the departure, again, like I said at the outset, that is all kind of secondary to to the person and the good memories. And so I hope that if anybody else was struggling to kind of think of Leach in a positive light or think of that era in a positive light, that this can maybe make them think in a way bigger than football and maybe let some of that stuff go and, and focus on the because throughout the decade that he was here, there was certainly a lot of positives. Oh yeah. And, and I, you're muted, buddy. I was just stuttering anyways. And, um, I think the last year was, not storybook, but kind of a great closure to a lot of chapters of Mike Leach's career. Um, even down to the small details. Obviously, the big details, him winning his last Egg Bowl, him you know, coaching a final season, doing what he loves, um, making comments on NIL just days before talking about how great it is for the university and how great it is for Mississippi state recruiting. Um, but going back to the coaching search for Joey McGuire and how there was a lot of rumblings that Mike Leach might come back and all of that. And you kind of put that to bed by going and getting Joey McGuire. And then you get to play him in the bowl game. And as you said, Sonny Cumbie, the, the student, the the mentor, the coach, the coach, whatever it is, and you have that closure. But also, you know, Eric Morris going to Washington State, uh, being the offensive coordinator, leading them back kind of from some rough years post-Mike Leach. It was just all kind of a, a great final year, and it is not final yet. A uh, former player reminded us today that Mike Leach loved the quote, uh, the tales of my death have been greatly exaggerated from Mark Twain. Um, Bill Snyder greatly exaggerated the tales of Mike Leach's death a couple hours ago, but if it is the ending, you have had a lot of closure for Mike Leach, for his uh, brotherhood and the coaching staffs that he's been a part of, for the players he's affected. And I wish it would have gone differently, but what a hell of a life he lived. Yeah, I, I think that's really just the best way to say it. Um, I think everybody wishes it had gone differently and quite frankly, better. Um, that was a, a nasty divorce between him and the school. And again, I'm not going to get into assigning blame or, or whatever. Um but yeah, you know that that's an unfortunate part of of passing away. Is I think the both the departed and and friends and family of the departed have to deal with a sense of um, wonder about things said, things left unsaid, things done, things left undone. And you know, I would hope that everybody kind of directly involved with that situation 
at this juncture uh, would be able to step back and and just say, you know, whoever's fault it was, wherever we want to assign the blame, we wish it had gone better. And then that's where I think Texas Tech has a has a, an opportunity through this. Um, like I said, for the fans who maybe weren't able to turn the page yet, I think this is an opportunity for maybe anybody who you know still held a grudge against Mike Leach for something that he said or did since leaving. You know that they can find a, a different perspective. But you know it gives the university as an institution an opportunity to you know I don't, I don't know if make amends is the right word but but just to honor Mike Leach for what he did for the university and you've already seen some of that I mean Joey McGuire has already you know tweeted his support for Mike Leach uh, the Texas Tech football account has you know tweeted swing your sword they put that graphic on the jumbotron at the Jones and so I think there will be a very um, well-earned discussion to be had about how the university can honor him. You know, if, if he does in fact pass away from this um, and, you know, I've seen different suggestions. I, I think you, you either retweeted one or mentioned one on Twitter today for like the bowl game, but beyond that, you know, I think there's other discussions to be had. I don't know when the right time for that is, but um, yeah. I hope that that, that process and that um, action of choosing to honor Mike Leach in some way will, you know, further bring closure, hopefully to both sides. Two things on that. One, I just thought of one was the one you're talking about on Twitter today. I retweeted some other guy that was talking about it, but on the show this morning, um, cue selfish plug. I, I was talking about it just, it's Ole Miss. Okay, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach have their own egg bowl drama, rivalry, whatever. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, kindred spirits. Uh, and then obviously the connection with Texas Tech. I think 100% Ole Miss and Texas Tech should do something in the bowl game. Whether that's a Jolly Rogers pirate flag on the back of a helmet, just a little one. Whether it's a patch, whether it's ML, whatever you want to do. I really do think that's a good idea. As far as Texas Tech doing something, you're doing a south end zone renovation. And I have long since held the belief that there should be a Hall of Fame type walkthrough in that south end zone walkway behind the scoreboard. I thought you could have done it at the club level um, when it was there or just like bronze busts outside on that back wall when you walk through the practice facility in the south end zone well all that's going to be connected and you're going to have a viable walkway to do something if mike leach and ej holub and donnie anderson and elmer tarbox and mike michael crabtree and patrick mahomes if that whole history Zach Thomas, all the way through, is not honored in some way physically, I think it's a real missed opportunity. Because you're talking about it to open the, the show today when we're talking about Mike Leach and the eras that people become a fan of Texas Tech. I think there's a real opportunity to teach history and to remind people at the game, little kids – grown adults to remind them new people coming in, whoever it is that there are eras and there is representation. And Mike Leach is one of the best to ever do it. And he was here for a decade. 
And I don't want to forget that. And I don't want to move on from it. I would like to be able to celebrate it. And I wish they had come to terms at some point in the last decade. But if it takes a posthumous Hall of Fame section, then so be it. And I I think that would be well-received. Yeah, and I think, um, just to clarify, at the time of this recording, um, the official reports are that, that Mike Leach is still alive and, and fighting. And so we, we, of course, wish him the best and we'll continue – joining in thought and prayer for that. Um, but, but if he does pass away from this condition, um, you know, th- there have been big names in Texas tech in, in recent history that have passed away and they were honored like throughout the season following um, Corky Oglesby, I think had a, a helmet decal, Tommy McVeigh, I think had a helmet decal after he passed. And so, um, you know, if this is the end for Mike Leach, I think that, something like that would be appropriate for the 2023 season. But beyond that, I, I do think, um, you know, he's, he's the winningest coach in program history. And, and there have been some good ones that didn't stay as long as Leach did. There have been good ones like Spike Dykes that stayed longer and, and still don't match Mike Leach's win total. And so, it's a big deal for any programs winning as coach to, to pass away. Um, you know, currently there are no coaches in the ring of honor, um, just players. And so I don't know what the precedent is for that. Maybe they want to keep the ring of honor for players only. And if that's the case, and I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be, but if that's the case, you know, there's still a, a Texas tech hall of fame, that I that several athletes and coaches across all sports are part of. Yes, and I don't think Mike Leach is part of that yet. Um, and, and maybe they were waiting for him to no longer be an active head coach to induct him into that. But I, I think there should be some serious consideration for for those types of things. And, and whether it's like you're talking about a physical, you know, a, a hallway that's named after him, you know, where he's on a walkway with other coaching legends, player legends. Um, but, but even if not, if that's not part of the renovation plans in the south end zone or elsewhere, I think he should be given serious consideration for one of those types of distinctions like the Texas Tech Hall of Fame, um, the, the Texas Tech Ring of Honor, if they're willing to consider putting a coach in there. You know, I, I, I think he'd be on a short list of, of coaches to, to go up there. I mean, you, you could look at some of the really early ones that helped – uh, get the football program started here. And you could maybe look at a couple that had really high end success, you know, winning the Southwest conference in, in 1976. You could certainly look at Spike Dykes for his longevity, but I don't think you'd get past number three or so on any, any realistic list of former head coaches here that, that might deserve consideration for the ring of honor Absolutely. Uh, before you get to Mike Leach's name. So I, mean, Coffin, I hope there's something Carlin. more, I hope there's some yeah. besides just like a helmet decal next season. I hope there's something kind of permanent that is considered as well. Well, especially with the offense you run, like people say, it's not the air raid. People say you're doing different things. It's it, nobody runs the air raid. Only Mike Lee runs the air raid. People have gone away from the air raid. He's the only one doing it. But if that's not the air raid, I don't know what is what Zach Kitley put out there this season. And I know you're trying to run the ball more and you and I both want to run the ball more, but 
if you're going to air the mother out and you're going to be so leechian in your concepts that you're throwing to space and throwing to the sideline and balance isn't running the ball 50-50, balance is getting touches for all of your scope positions. That's Mike Leach's philosophy. One of the best breakdowns of balance I've ever heard was Mike Leach in a press conference talking about, well, you're not running the ball 50-50, well, you're not balanced, and he basically went through that whole thing. If that's the deal, then you're honoring him that way. So figure out a way to do it on the field. I just, I think there should be some physical representation and you're right. I think Texas tech has done a, a really fine job in the last 10 years, catching up on some hall of fame stuff, catching up on some ring of honor stuff. Um, that was sorely lacking for a long time. Catch up some more. And if you need to put two or three guys in a year to catch up for all the years that you didn't put anybody in, then you can do that. And I think Spike is well-deserved. I think Mike Leach is well-deserved. I think there's maybe one or two other coaches that would be well-deserved to go in there. And if you have a coaches section and a player section, whatever it is, I think those are both feasible and doable. Yeah, I think so too. Something else that you kind of alluded to earlier the the players that he coached in his career, but specifically at, at Texas Tech, you know, we're we're just past college football awards season and didn't ever quite get a Heisman finalist, but uh, Crabtree and Harrell were I think fourth and fifth in two thousand eight respectively. Um I think three of his quarterbacks won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award or the, or the Sammy Baugh Trophy. I think one of those is specifically for a senior quarterback. Mm-hmm. The other one is just like top quarterback. Uh, Wes Welker won top kick returner under Mike Leach's tutelage. Yep. Uh, of course, Michael Crabtree, the first two-time Bolitnikoff Award winner. Um, and even, you know, again, we're talking air raid and quarterbacks and receivers. Torian Henderson – gets his name into the NCAA record book in kind of a unique way. I think – I don't want to butcher this. I'd, I'd have to look it up. But I think among NCAA running backs, he has the most catches in NCAA history. And he also has the Texas Tech school record for most touchdowns from scrimmage, you know, uh, whether that's carrying the ball or, or, or receptions. I think he's also the rushing touchdown leader. Because he was so dynamic and, yeah, he was a running back, but – he caught, you know, hundreds of passes while he was here. Yeah. I think he has over th- – I think he's the leading receiver all time in terms of catches. Did, I think he has more than 300. Uh, Jakeem Grant broke some records, but I, I do think that Torian Henderson is the catch leader. Fact check me on that. But anyway, all that to say – If I could do it easily, um, I would. It's kind of a chore to <laughs> scroll through the Texas Tech record book to find yeah, that section. I'll, I'll look it up while I'm finishing this thought. But either way, my, my only point really is that um, – you know, since Leach, there's kind of really only been one true standout player. Well, no, that's not true. Mahomes gets all the attention, but like Jason Morrow was a unanimous first team All American, broke some NCAA records for a tight end. There's certainly been other guys. I'm not trying to diminish everybody who's not Mahomes. But that stretch under Mike Leach, you had guys winning um, awards for like the best player at their position in the entire country. And setting school records, NCAA records for their position. And I don't think that should go lost because, you know, with head coaches, a lot of times you look at the 
the win-loss record, and, and rightfully so. However, there's also this component of, you know, he's leading 85 or 100 young men every year, and the, those faces change over time. But he was clearly a good coach at, at various positions and or could surround himself with the right assistants who could get the most out of guys. And Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree were incredibly – highly recruited dudes, but Wes Welker was not, you know, like they took a chance on him last minute deal, didn't have other offers coming out of high school and he becomes an all timer in his own right. And so, uh, you know, I, I almost wish I could sit down in a room with like 20 or 30 former leech players like that and just like absorb stuff from them because I'm sure they all have a very, sincere appreciation of him and a, and a unique perspective on him as a coach from their playing days. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we could probably get that done in the next uh, couple of weeks, or maybe that's something we revisit in the off season. Maybe not 20, but could probably gather together five or 10, X players and have kind of a round table on Mike Leach. I think that's actually something that we should do. Um, let's give it a month or two, I think, and not just immediately reach out in the aftermath. Um, obviously, if Mike Leach bounces back and comes back bigger and better than ever, if the tales of his death were greatly exaggerated, I think that would be an awesome, awesome story. And I'm still glad we went through this. Uh, Mike, Mike Leach deserves and has earned respect from the world over, not just in the football world, but as a human being and as a man uh, for what he's accomplished and, and how he's gone about his business and his personal life. And um, I hope he does rebound. Um, if he doesn't, uh, I'm proud to have watched and been a Red Raider during his tenure and have been proud of the players that left uh, still to this day. I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to be in contact with guys like BJ Simmons and watch Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL on Monday night football. Uh, currently I was going to look at that. We love our earlier. new home. There's so much space, but we have ants. Ex Did you hear that? No. Yeah. Okay. ESPN.com auto plays. I was going to look at the, I was going to look at the score, but Anyways, the tenure will will be widely regarded, and and I I'm happy for that. Yeah, um, I don't want to end on a on a sad note, but I do want to put something in perspective for fans of this university. Spike Dykes coached for 13 years before Mike Leach, and then Mike Leach 10 years after that. So for 23 consecutive years, nearly a quarter century, one of the two of them was head coach. But besides those two gentlemen, I would say the, the two most iconic names in Texas Tech football history that preceded Spike Dykes are probably Gabe Rivera and E.J. Holub. Although Donnie Anderson, uh, Zach Thomas type might have something to say about that. But uh, – we lost Spike Dykes, I think, in April of 2017. And if Mike Leach does pass away um, from this current 
bout that he's experiencing. We'll have lost two coaches within about a five-year span who collectively coach here for 23 years. And I think in between both of them, we lost Gabe Rivera and EJ Holub. And so the last five years in that respect have been tough, you know, saying goodbye to a lot of legends from different eras. And, you know, we talk about all these memories that people have of Mike Leach and how different generations of fan might appreciate him. You go back to Spike Dykes, EJ Holub, Gabe Rivera, you know, that encompasses nearly every living fan today. So that would just kind of make it um, an extra bit of a gut punch to this fan base just to kind of lose that much history, that much achievement, people that um, embody your university so much for so many decades collectively between them to to lose all of them in a stretch of about five years would just be um, incredibly tragic. And like I said, just kind of adds to the gut punch of this whole deal that we're already kind of looking at. Way to bring down the room, Kyle. Do you have any final thoughts? Do you have another Man. funny? Do you have another funny quote you want to add? Oh, I could. I, I'm sure I could think of some. Um, well, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but one thing I'll, I'll leave people with was when we interviewed Sonny Cumbie this past summer. Mm-hmm kind of asked him, you know, Hey, this is an unusual deal that you went through when you were the head coach against your former head coach and kind of asked him what that was like. And I don't want to put words in his mouth or mischaracterize his position, but um, I think he took that task like very seriously. And you could tell the amount of respect he had for Mike Leach lining up across the field from him. And I think that one anecdote sort of probably embodies um, how a lot of his former players and people that are in his coaching tree, which we've covered extensively, feel about him. And so I think Sonny Cumbie's answer to that question probably speaks volumes about how all the different players, coaches, assistants, fans who have interacted with Mike Leach over the last, I don't know, nearly 30 years that he's been coaching, maybe more than that, uh, how they feel about him. And so I think that nobody better summon, to sum it up than Sonny Cumbie. And I, I'm appreciative that we were able to kind of glean that insight from him this summer. You can close it on the, the F you, yeah. F me, F everybody. I think, well, we got to throw in an F Baylor in there because I was in there too. F Baylor, yeah. F you, F me, F everybody. Not an effing one. That's one of my yeah. favorite lines. Who will be more iconic than uh, Mike Leach? Not a not an effing one. Nobody. Yeah. Never so. going to be another one. I I know we just kind of added some levity at the end, but I I need to say one more thing. You and I are aware of something else that happened today. This is Monday, December twelfth. Okay. I discussed this on my radio show today as it was breaking news. I will discuss this on my professional radio show for the rest of the week, I'm sure. 
Kyle and I, I don't want to speak for you, Kyle, but you can interject if you wish. We'll not be discussing that situation on this podcast. Um, we try to be positive here. If we see things we want to be negative on, we will speak on that. But this is not sports. It's outside of sports. We don't wish ill on anyone. And there is nothing that Kyle and I, after the fact, can add to this situation that is going to be positive at all. So we know what happened. We will be moving on from it. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, I don't have much to add, but we'll probably talk about that the same way we would if it happened at another Big 12 school. And if it was a different Big 12 coach, you know, if and when there are there's a transition there or, or whatever. But right now in the immediate aftermath, again, this goes back to like, you know, I guess you and I have a reputation, w- whether I think it's well-earned or not, of being – uh, trash talkers on Twitter, whatever, like that's Trolls. all about a game. And like, yeah, we'll make stupid memes about the outcome of a game. We'll make fun of laser TCU's eyes and athletic. giant L's. Yeah. We'll make fun of TCU's athletic director for not selling us tickets. You know, we'll have fun with Lane Kiffin, but that is all about a game. And like, again, with the Mike Leach stuff and with this stuff talking about real life. And so, yeah, I don't know why people are, like, tagging us in stuff to try to drag us into the conversation. I mean, th- there's nothing to say at this point other than um, obviously there's a very serious allegation uh, that, that involves violence. And so we hope that anybody associated with that is is um, healthy and, and safe moving forward. But it's just like it's not something we're going to go on Twitter and joke about trash talk about like we would a game or ticket sales or attendance or somebody's student section, like, or an intern pushing a player on the field. Yeah. There's, there's games and there's Twitter memes and jokes. And I guess some people take that really seriously. And I know some people do tech fans and non-tech fans. And then there's like real life stuff that to me, isn't that funny. And so, yeah, I, I think you summed it up. Well, or like, there's a reason that wasn't mentioned on our Twitter feed. There's just not much to say, like until maybe there's a coaching change or whatever. And then we'll talk about it like we would any other big 12 coaching vacancy, but yeah, it's not, that's not something we're going to go talk trash about on Twitter. And Hey, uh, earnestly and honestly, kudos to those players for going out and playing a game tonight. That is a tough situation. They beat rice in overtime with Rodney Terry as the acting head coach. And I'm assuming Rodney Terry will be the acting head coach for um, the next few months. All right. I I don't have anything else. You good? Yeah. uh, Hey, you know, there are a ton of Mike Leach stories out there that have already gone viral. If you have your own, because you met him in a bar in Wyoming one time in 2003. Yeah. And you want us to, to share it. You know, and, and some people might not want to share those stories. Like they're, they, those might be private moments or whatever. But if you want us to inbox a funny Mike Leach story or whatever, I mean, send it to us on on Twitter or or whatever. I mean, I think we could all use some of those cool stories and Absolutely. moments of joy that he brought to people. Um, no matter what happens to him in the coming days. So um, yeah, I'll just end it with that, saying what I've said a couple times already. But would encourage people to think about the positive moments, the good memories. Uh, no matter what era of fan they are 
and I think we could all kind of do well by um, by reminiscing on some of that in the coming days. This sounds so disingenuous, but another thanks to our sponsors. We couldn't do this without them. Um, obviously, this is a, a tribute and a special episode for Mike Leach. Uh, hoping he pulls through. Um, also, those social medias, if you want to follow along and, and send us your Mike Leach story or quote, you can find us at Gambling Gauchos on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Send those over and we'll, we'll post them. Um, and I don't think there could be too many on that. No. Take care of each other out there. Love you all. Sorry. Go ahead. Life is short. Call your mom. Call your dad. Hug your family. Um, Mike Leach was, for all intents and purposes, healthy a month ago. And here he is. I, I, Again, this is a Twitter thread. You can go find it at Rob Bro Show. But I, I was really emotional this afternoon thinking of just going to a game with my dad. And then somebody calling into the show today and, and saying they were emotional about Mike Leach and they didn't get it. I get it, man. I get being emotional about sports. Um, you're connected to people. You're connected to memories. You're connected to thoughts and, and pain and joy that you've had in your life being a sports fan. Kyle, uh, you and I had a, a great experience at a TCU game. Um punching each other and and laughing it up and having a good time and you create those bonds and Kyle you you wouldn't we wouldn't be friends right now if it wasn't for sports yeah that's right and and Mike Leach has as you mentioned brought together tens of thousands of people and it's just a powerful thing and life is again short and I don't ever want to take it for granted sometimes I I think about sports and I think about it as a job and his work and as a content production factory that I, that I have to be day in and day out, but it really is more than that. And sports isn't my whole life, but it's a lot of it. And I just, <laughs> life is fragile and, and I don't ever want to take that for granted. And Mike Leach didn't and never did. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to, I'll add one more thing for my final thought and that's consider burying the hatchet with somebody. Um, again, don't want to dwell on this, but it's no secret how things ended between Mike Leach and Texas Tech. A lot of people, myself included, argued about that for years. And now it seems really stupid that like I ever engaged in that. And I'm sure other people like feel the same way. Like, w- why is that important now in the grand scheme of things? So may- maybe that's my encouragement to people is there's a stupid hatchet you want to bury with somebody. Why not now? All right. Love y'all. Love y'all. Their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are. All right. See y'all later.